May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I've just returned from leave, and there would be an obvious thing to do of to have written all sermons before going on holiday, so I didn't have my first Sunday back preaching for having to write a sermon when I was not actually meant to be working. Of course, that never happens. I'm never organised enough for that. So I find myself, while on holiday, disconnected from work, but thinking about the scriptures, <coughs> thinking about the coming Sunday, and thinking about what's been going on. And in fact, with this Feast of the Transfiguration, probably quite right that I did, because this last week, to me, feels like it's been a week of death. At the start of the week I heard that Father Marcus, a friend of mine in the Diocese of Cape Town, had died. And then on Friday I was back in Reading at the funeral of a friend of mine, Sue. Death at the start of the week, death at the end of the week then celebrating the resurrection on Sunday. Why do I mention this today, you may wonder? Well, Father Marcus and myself met when I was at exchange at the College of the Transfiguration in South Africa. And so at this Feast of the Transfiguration, as I remember Marcus, I think of the college taking the name of Transfiguration. A college that you go to to be transformed, prepared for ministry, a college that, although I only had six weeks there, was so formative in my ministry, as I've discovered time and time again in the years since my ordination. Anyone trained for ordination is changed, surely they must be. But actually when you go to a college called College of the Transfiguration, it's there in black and white, that you are transfigured, you are changed, you are transformed for ministry. And so as I remember Marcus, as I see the photos of him popping up on Facebook time and time again, I'm reminded of that transformation that Marcus played such a big part in. And so on this feast I give thanks for his life. Also, Remembering Sue, Sue's family, her two sons and daughter. And I had spent time in Walsingham on the youth pilgrimages. In fact, this last week was the Walsingham Youth Pilgrimage. I was seeing photos of that too on Facebook. In fact, seeing photos popping up of Bishop Jonathan Baker, who was the parish priest going with us to Walsingham all those years ago on the pilgrimages. Young people gathering together, camping in fields, meeting to worship in tents, with worship bands, with Bible study, with processions of Our Lady, praying the rosary, being a benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, meeting together in the Mass. Seeing a load of concelebrating priests literally congering in a procession in and out of church. Quite a sight, I can assure you. And a time then, last millennium, 
that was formative in my sense of vocation. In fact, it's when I was there that I first started chatting to priests. I didn't know that I felt called to be a priest. I chatted about it to priests I didn't know, but actually speaking to other priests, admitting and saying it out loud, was part of my journey. And so remembering Sue meeting with her family and meeting with other friends at her funeral was a reminder of that transformation in my own journey to this point. So many memories coming to mind as I've journeyed through this week, preparing for this sermon, surrounded by news and experiences of death. Seems quite apt and it seems quite strange reflecting on all this together. They went up the mountain. Jesus was transfigured, changed, glowing, meeting with Moses and Elijah. Up the mountain, symbolically nearer to God. They went up. They were so close to God that the prophets were there. Literally, they were within touching distance of God the Father. A liminal place, the veil between heaven and earth was so thin, they could literally touch God. Places of pilgrimage, such as Walsingham, are such places where you feel God so close. A week or so back also, there was the diocesan pilgrimage from Clandaff up to Walsingham. Pilgrims from different churches meeting together in this diocese and I'm guessing there were pilgrims, pilgrims from elsewhere in Walsing as well at the time where they gave Pilgrims meeting together, worshipping and feeling God so close. And so often when we're at a place like that, we think this is wonderful. Can we not stay here forever? And I remember Bishop Philip, the former administrator there, recounting that people have said that to him. We love being on pilgrimage, can we just move in? And he said, no, you come here to meet with God, to be changed, to be transformed, be transfigured, and to go. You come to these places, you meet with God, and then you go home, transformed, fed, prepared for the rest of your life, the next stage of your life somewhere else. Literally like the Mount of Transfiguration, you go up the mountain, you are changed, you come back down. We all have those experiences in one way or another, that we are suddenly so close to God. It may be up a mountain. It may be at a college preparing for ministry. It may be at Walsingham or another shrine. It may be at Greenbelt or New Wine or just walking the fields come to that. Suddenly, suddenly you become aware, we become aware that God is really there. It's not just hearing about it in a book. It's not just other people's stories. It's not a fairy tale. Truly, God is here. Truly, God is real. Truly, 
Jesus' birth happened, his resurrection happened, his ascension to heaven happened, the Holy Spirit coming down truly happened. This is all real. Suddenly we realise. <coughs> we realise. And we are transformed. We hear in the epistle today, the second letter of Peter, we ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. We may not have been physically there on the holy mountain when Jesus was transfigured, but in one way or another, we hear the voice of God. And when we do that, Surely we are changed. Surely we are transformed. Surely we are transfigured. Just as those disciples, Peter and John and James, were transfigured, transformed by that experience of meeting with Jesus and Moses and Elijah and what they saw and experienced there. They were transformed for their ministry. They suddenly started to get it just that little bit more. We too meet with God, we are transformed. Because in the end, our coming to church on a Sunday, our faith, is not about numbers of bums on seats. Yes, it'd be lovely to see the church full of people, but if it's just full of people sitting here, not engaging, that's not doing much. It's not about money. Yes, it'd be wonderful to have the church coffers full to be able to do so much, but it's not about fundraising. It's about Jesus. It's not about the building. Yes, we've got a beautiful church building. Yes, it needs work doing. But it's not about this building. If this building were not here, we would still be able to meet together to worship God, to celebrate the sacraments, to make Jesus Christ known. It is all about meeting God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is all about being transformed, transfigured through knowing God, through our experiences of God. In my time at the College of the Transfiguration with Marcus and so many others, I and the other ordinaries were transformed, were transfigured, prepared for our future ministry through knowing Sue's family and the other pilgrims at the youth pilgrimages. And my time at St Giles, the church I was baptised in that I went to Mass at on Friday before the funeral. My journey towards ordination, my journey of faith, has been transformed, transfigured, leading up to this point. Each of you have got different experiences. I don't think anyone else here has been to the College of Transfiguration. I don't know if anyone else has been to Mass at St Giles. I know at least one or two people have been over to Walsingham on pilgrimage. Maybe not the youth pilgrimages. But we all have our own times and experiences of meeting with God, of being transformed. So what are your experiences? of suddenly realising that God is so close to you. Those times you've realised it's not just a fairy tale, it's not just some experience other people have had. 
and she suddenly the light bulb comes on. We realise it's true and that it makes a difference to our lives. It may have happened in the past in little ways and big ways. I'll tell you why it can happen in the future as well. It's not just something from the past, it's something that continues to happen. And so I ask, are we collectively and individually open to hearing the voice of God now? Are we trying desperately to help other people also hear God's voice, God's touch, God's desire to be known by others? Are we open to being changed, transfigured, transformed when we do hear the voice the promptings of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Or do we think it's all about numbers, or money, or buildings? Surely we are looking for transformation of our lives, transformation of our communities, transformation of the world through Jesus Christ. And so may we go up the mountain, May we go up the mountain to meet with God. When we do so, may we be changed, transformed, transfigured. Maybe not literally glowing white, but in such a way that people around us can see that something has happened. That there is something different about us. May we be transformed. May we help other people to be transformed. And so may we play our part in transforming the world around us and making Jesus known to others. Surely that is an exciting idea. Surely that is something we should be enthusiastic about. Not just going through the motions. Not just going here because we think we've got to be, or we've been in here in the past. But actually here, to see transformation through the power of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.